Are you struggling with a sin habit that you just can't break? Often Christians blame this on the power of their sin nature. But could it be that believing that is actually keeping you from breaking your habit? Let's see what the Bible says about that. Hey, I'm so glad you clicked on this podcast. It's going to be such a good one today. If you would, you can go ahead and like this video. If you're on YouTube, you can subscribe to our channel. We have podcasts coming out every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. And if you're watching on or listening on Spotify, I'm so glad that you clicked on this. Share yeah. it with someone who uh, may need to hear this topic. Yeah. I think this is one today for every Christian. And yeah. um, it's, it's a little bit of a deep dive. So uh, take a breath and let's go down deep today yeah. and look at... Look at some scripture. Look at this very intriguing, essential topic and discussion of how do we break habits in our life? Really, not just habits, but how do we live with uh, less sin? How do you how do you move along yeah. in life with less of a sin footprint? Mm-hmm. I've heard that used before. Love that. Nice. Uh, how do you how do you move into the to the realm of being what the Bible says we are more than conquerors? Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of Christians would say, well, I'm more in the camp of I'm less than a conqueror, mm-hmm. but we're we're called to be more than conquerors. So how do we get there? And what is this whole deal with habits and living with less sin? Yeah. And, and is it possible? That's, that's an important... That's the thing I was yeah. going to say. I think a lot of people, you know, this may be you going into this podcast that you've just believed the lie that says, well, I'm always going to struggle with this or, well... Yeah. I'm just a sinner. Yeah. You know, well, I just, this is the way I was raised and I've seen people do this in my life. And so yep. this is just who I am. And I, you know, maybe you only know of people who struggle with sins, you know, large sins that people try to hide or they just say, well, this is just what I, this is the yep. load I have to bear in my life. Right. You know? We're not talking about getting to a place of sinless perfection. Yeah. In, here on earth. Yeah. However, that word that you would grow to be a, to be perfect is this idea of growing in maturity. Exactly. You know? and, and that we would sin less than yes. we did, you know? That that should be the, the curve in our life. It mm-hmm. should be moving upward mm-hmm. toward a place of a, less of a sin footprint where we are becoming actual more than conquerors. So yeah. to have that discussion, we really have to go into this, this deep dive on what does it mean that uh, we sometimes hear that we have a sin nature, that's an important discussion point for today because we have to ask the question, well, is that is that what we are? Are we just sinners by nature who have been just saved by grace? Yeah. Are we sinners by nature who are just trying our best to love God and not mm-hmm. sin as much as we can? Are there two natures within us? Is there a a part of me that my nature is a sinner and part of me that my nature is a is saint or righteous mm-hmm. and I just end up failing more times than not. Uh, or is there something else that the Bible talks about? So this, this sets the stage for us today. It's important because yeah. how we answer these questions determines everything about our life. It, yeah. it, it affects how we relate to God, how we see ourselves, how we deal with temptation, how we deal with ongoing temptations, habit mm-hmm. patterns, how we how do we even relate to other people? So let's yeah. get started today. Yeah, I was going to say, line. let's get started. But before we do, again, I think just to take a moment and we're going to be saying some things that are totally going to fly in the face of maybe what you were taught True. in church or maybe what you believe in, just kind of some things you have, you have assumed yep. or uh, just mm-hmm. kind of 
you just have gone about life and you haven't really asked that many questions and you're just trying to keep up with people and you found yourself here in this position where you are stuck in a habit, you're stuck in an addiction, and you've been saying some not truths to yourself. Yeah, or maybe you just plateaued, can't feel like, or you don't feel like you're getting a place of greater victory in your mm-hmm. life, your faith's not growing, your sin pattern is not decreasing, it's increasing, and mm-hmm. you're, therefore you're living with more guilt and shame. And yeah, So um, I, I would encourage you along the way today, uh, this is one of those that, if you're listening, it might be worth pausing periodically, just like, okay, wait a minute, let me take a breath and process mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. It might be worth uh, jotting some notes down along the way, yeah. looking up some passages of Scripture. And so, you can always comment those questions or reach out to us personally. You can find our emails on the website of the church. Yeah, You can reach out to us and ask any questions. We'd be happy to walk yeah, through what this sure. looks like. All right, well, let's start uh, with some foundational truths today. This is where we should always begin. We begin with Scripture, we begin with some bigger uh, bigger points, bigger doctrinal mm-hmm. truths from Scripture. I know some people talk about that we have two natures. I have my sin nature and my new nature. I have the flesh and I have my new nature, the spirit. But the reality is God has created us with the capacity for only one nature. Mm-hmm. I can only be one identity, one it, nature. I think everyone can get on board with this as you know, you're taught. And it's the truth that when you're born, you're born with a sin nature. Yeah. One one nature. One nature, yeah. Yeah. And so with that, this is this is the capacity we have uh-huh. designed as human beings with one spirit. Now yeah. uh, there's some odd teaching happening out in the world today that uh, if you add to or you look at what the world is adding to the letter list of LGBTQIA, one of the newest ones that they add on the end there is the 2S or a two-spirit. And this is an identification where some people say, I have a nature that is on one part feminine and one part masculine, one part male, one part mm-hmm. female. I'm a dual spirit. Mm-hmm. But from what we're going to see here in Scripture today, God has created us with the capacity for only one ruling nature, one spirit within us. We'll talk about what we are born with here in just a moment, but let's let's really nail down this idea that we have only one capacity or capacity for one nature. So Romans 6.16 is going to point out the potential for both, but limit it down to you can only have one. Mm-hmm. Romans 6.16, do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one's slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? So here is here's this idea that you can only present yourself to one, yeah. and there is a result that happens. Mm-hmm. And this idea of, of slave and obey is this mm-hmm. you're presenting yourself to do whatever it calls you to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that you would do it. You yeah. Know, whatever you, it says, you're doing it. Right. So Jesus would talk about this same subject in a little mm-hmm. bit broader sense. In Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. So here again, there, you yeah. only have the capacity for following one. You yeah. cannot follow two. Mm-hmm. He says, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You can't be pulled in two different yeah. directions. Yeah. You can only have one that you listen to. We have a capacity and ability to only follow 
one, one a capacity for one. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says that if you have two, you're going to have a love in your heart for one and a despising in your heart for the other because they're in different directions or going different mm-hmm. different places. So it's sad when people believe they have two natures, two identities inside, because according to what Jesus says here, you end up in a place of real self-hatred, of self-rejection and confusion. Who am I? What am I doing? Why do I lose? Why do I win? Uh, What am I supposed to be? Which one am I really? And that's a sad place. That's not the life we've been invited to in Christ. And that's not just those who identify as 2S. (laughs) Exactly. You know, that's that's not just that, but this is... Very real on into the Christian life. Yeah, sadly, again, if you if you believe that you have two natures within you mm-hmm. who have equal force, then it leads to a place of confusion yeah. and warring against yourself. Yeah, because again, to play play it out, like if you believe there's my sin nature and mm-hmm. then my new nature, mm-hmm. I'm hating whenever I'm doing the right thing because yep. you have the Yep. Sin nature, and you're hating when you're doing the wrong thing because you have a new nature. Or you, yep. you feel like you should be hating yourself, and you feel like you should be rejecting yourself. Right. If you're assuming this as who you are, your identity. Yep. And there will be confusion and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And Jesus also said, a house divided against itself cannot stand, it, yeah. it will fall. Uh-huh. And sadly, you see that in a lot of even Christian lives. They, because they believe they have these two natures at war within them, there is, again, self-rejection, self-hatred, a war within. There's rarely ever any peace. There's constant battle. There's internal angst mm-hmm. and never a sense of being able to be more than a conqueror. Yeah. And that leads to all types of emotional conflict, mental conflict. And as we've talked about in some of our other podcasts, there are some physical conditions of dis ease that come from the body fighting against itself. It's a reflection often and sometimes because a person is at war with himself. They are, as Jesus said, if you have two masters, you're going to hate one and love the other. So uh, Jesus also said in John 3, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's one nature. Mm -hmm. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit, a different nature, two different natures that cannot coexist, cannot both have master status in our life, or we Mm -hmm. live in constant turmoil, confusion, and dis-ease. So this this is our starting foundation point today. You and I have the capacity by God for one ruling nature in our life. That's important to yeah. know. And and that's a lot to take in. And there's probably a lot of questions <laughs> and a lot of, okay, well, I've heard it differently. Mm-hmm. We're going to get there. Stay because, with us. Uh, it gets it gets better. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we have been born with a one nature and that one nature we are born with is a sin nature. It is the flesh. It is selfish. And Jesus came to free us from an old nature and give us a new nature. So he said, I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Yeah. Jesus said, for 
or the scriptures say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Here is this exchange that happens, that there should not be perishing, but there should be everlasting life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So again, we're born with capacity for one spirit to rule. Jesus came so that a new spirit might reign within us, a new nature. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, it's huge. It's a new nature. It's yeah. it's not a plus one nature. Yeah, exactly. But a a new nature at your core. Yes. It's not, there's who you were, and then Jesus moved in right next to who you were, yeah. and y'all live next to one another. Yeah. And sometimes he influences your life, and sometimes mm-hmm. you influence your own life. Yeah, that's not it. No. Jesus came to give us a new nature, a completely yeah. different core, yeah. spirit, motivation, force, mm-hmm. direction, essence inside us. That we would even be called a new creation. Yeah. Something that's brand new, something yeah. that's that wasn't there before. Correct. You, as a person, at your identity, at your core, mm-hmm. are brand new. Yeah. And it's like, well, what happened with the old one? It's passed away. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, and it's to the side. Right. But it's it's dead, and it's, yes. it's gone. Yes. All right, let's keep building on our foundation here. Again, capacity for one spirit. Jesus came to take that old spirit. We'll define that more here in just a moment. Give us a new mm-hmm. spirit or nature. The third point today is this, is that faith is what changes our nature by the power of God. So yeah. okay. Jesus said, as many as received, or the scripture tells in John 1, 12, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So to those who believe, they were given the right to become a new creation. And this mm-hmm. happens by receiving by faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith. That, not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You don't ease your way into a new nature. You don't work yourself religiously into a new nature. It's something that is given to you as a gift from God and received by faith. And that is when transformation happens. John three thirty six: he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe in the Son shall not see life. Here is that distinction again. One capacity for one spirit, the transformation happens through belief, and then Proverbs affirms this as well. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man believes, so is he. So capacity for one spirit, Jesus came to change our old nature into Mm -hmm. new nature, and faith is what brings that alive in us. Now, this is... This is beginning to help us answer some of the questions. Yeah. Right, am I just a sinner today saved by grace? No. You are not just a sinner saved by grace anymore. You are a saint who has been redeemed by grace. Yeah. You were a sinner by nature. Yeah. That's not who you are by your nature anymore, by the core of who you are. Yeah, because the the implications with I'm just a sinner saved by grace mm-hmm. is... This is still my identity, sinner, mm-hmm. and it's God who's just gonna, just gonna 
be okay with me sinning. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's not the case. Yeah. It helps us answer questions like, am I just sinner by nature trying to do my best to do some righteous things? Yeah. No, that's not it anymore. Mm-hmm. You have been given a new nature. The fact that you even desire to obey God, read scripture, glorify God, pray is an indication you have a new nature. Mm-hmm. You don't just have a plus one that's been added to your life. You have a brand new nature. Yeah. So still ask the question, also, are there two equal spirits within us that are just fighting for the lead? No. You only have one real nature. There's still a war. Yeah. But yeah. it's not between two natures. It's between nature and a pattern in which you've lived. Because what you define yourself by as your nature is what you will become and what you do. That's good. So let's add on to our foundation here. This nature that you and I are born with, the scripture tells us the kind of nature it is. And it's not a pretty one. It's it's selfish. It's cruel. It has no intention of seeking God, praying and being dependent upon God, repenting of sin. It's looking out for itself. We see this in children. They don't have to be taught to be selfish. It comes in the package of our DNA. Um, Scripture affirms this many, many times. From Psalm 51, David is writing, a man who was a man after God's own heart, a man who had sinned, but a man who loved God. And he wrote and said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Now, he was not referring to some uh, atrocious act that his mother was involved in. He was saying, I was born with a nature that was in sin. It Mm -hmm. was selfish. Ephesians, New Testament 2.1 says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. We were consumed with ourselves. We were not looking for God. We were not doing what was right. We're not seeking righteousness. We were not seeking to glorify God in our life until Christ changed our heart. So all of these things are natural to our nature. Whatever your nature is is what you're going to do. And in in that nature then, we don't need to have religion added to our life. Religion added to a corrupt nature just leads to a religious corruption. It just leads to religious uh, and corrupt behavior. What we need is a new nature completely. I need a whole new heart. I need the heart of stone in me replaced with the heart of flesh. I need a heart that that beats for God, that wants to do right, that wants to walk in righteousness, that wants to pray, that wants to honor him, that wants to lay down my life for other people, that wants to love, that wants to sacrifice. I need a new heart for that to happen. I need a new nature. Yeah, because whenever you're you're born and your bend is towards sin, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how many self-help books, times you read the Bible, times you go to church, times you do great things. Yep. That doesn't change what your identity is. Right. It doesn't change um, your, like you're saying, your desires. Yeah. You, you, you have a bent yeah. toward evil, a bent toward selfishness, yeah. a bent toward sin. Yeah. It's like you can try to develop good moral habits and all this stuff. Right. But it doesn't change who you are at your core. No. You're just... you're. 
Uh, some has said you're putting uh, lipstick on a pig at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. You're trying to beautif- beautify something that is by its own nature um, what it will, always will be, mm-hmm. a pig. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, unless, it, unless it was somehow able to be changed. You, yes. can, you can take a pig and take him out of his slop and you mm-hmm. can wash him and you can yeah. dress him yeah. and you can attempt to teach him. Yeah. But at the end of the day... Given the opportunity, he'll go right back to slop. because yeah, he's a pig. He's a pig. That's what court. pigs do yeah. at his nature. So you and I are born that way. We're pigs. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're selfish. And what's needed is not to be dressed up, taken to church, yeah. and exactly. somehow forced into a moral code. Yeah. What's needed is a brand new heart. Exactly. We need a different nature so that we are no longer pigs. Yep. So <laughs> yeah. good. So how does that happen? I was going to say, just adding on to that, in that analogy, if you were somehow able to change a pig into something mm-hmm. else, it doesn't mean it's a pig plus that. Ah, good point. That's the difference, you know. That's true. That, yeah, if you could change a, a pig into a cat, yeah. the cat wouldn't still oink. Yeah, you know? exactly. He wouldn't, and he still wouldn't desire to go roll in the mud. Yeah. He would be, by his very nature, changed into a cat. Yeah. And he everything about him would be different from that yeah. point. Yep. So, so how does that change in us then? How do you how do you go about changing? It's yeah. it's, it's, it's like if you recognize you know for the person that's like, well, I realize that my compulsions, desires, mm-hmm. urges, all this stuff are sinful, mm-hmm. and I can't help but go to those every time. Mm. What in the world do I need? I I need to be changed at my core. I don't need to just try to not be addicted to this, right? Because it's gonna my bend towards sin is just going to go somewhere else. Yep. So I yep. need to be changed at my core. What does that person do? Yeah, perfect. So the Bible says that the way that happens, the way you receive a new nature is by repenting and believing by faith. Hmm. This is this is the instruction. So 1 Corinthians 6.11 says, and such were some of you. He says this is uh, some of you were pigs. You were lost. But you have been born again. He says, but you... Now are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Colossians. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, pigs, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. So I get a brand new nature. Yeah. I am, uh, this is why Jesus would say, you are born again. He wasn't just using some clever phrase, you know, yeah. to to make Christianity appealing. Mm-hmm. He was describing something that happens. A complete transformation happens inside. Your old, old heart is uh, crucified, as we'll see here soon, yeah. dies, and a new heart comes alive in you. Yeah. And this new heart has a new set of desires, and it has a new nature to it. And it takes the place of the other. Doesn't come alongside to somehow mesh with it. Doesn't come alongside to coexist with it. It comes along and replaces it. Now, First Corinthians six seventeen tells us just how drastic this transformation is when it says, "He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him." <laughs> wow! So this new nature I have. Uh, is one with God. The Spirit of God and my Spirit are fused together into one, inseparable. 
They can't be taken apart. They're mm-hmm. not just coexistent somewhere inside. There's a brand new nature in me that now longs for the things of God, wants to obey God, and I am one spirit with him. So now I have the capacity to know God, have peace with God, and a whole new set of desires. Uh, Paul talks about this again in Romans 6. He said, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, pigs, you yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered, the faith, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. You once felt compelled and under compulsion to only sin, but now you've received a new nature and now you have this desire and this compulsion to obey God and do what's righteous. You didn't have that before, but you do have it with a brand new nature. This is why Paul would later write in Romans 7, 22, he says, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. <laughs> this again affirms the capacity for one nature with one set of drives at the core of my existence, at the basis, basic level of who I am. For Paul, he said he called it the inward man, the most inward part of who I am. There's not a sin nature that's deeper. There's not another part that is a dual nature with me. This is my nature, who I am. Now, um, this is important for us to realize because it shapes everything about who we are. So let's just take a breath for a moment here. (laughs) This process, if you build on top of all of these, it's gonna it's gonna lead to a place of great freedom here in a little bit as we as we move along. Yeah. Do you want to just explain a little bit about what mm-hmm. repenting and believing practically looks like in, in yeah. real life? Like, it's good. What does that mean? Yeah. So repenting is uh, sometimes we associate that with I just feel bad, I cry, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm upset mm-hmm. about what I did. It can be an element of repenting, but real pe- repentance is a is a change. It is a complete. 180. I was going in this direction, and then I recognized this is wrong. I am doing wrong. I am hurting people. I am walking opposite of what God wants, and I am leaving that and turning to God. So that's repenting. And then believing is choosing to believe that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the way. Jesus is paid for my sin. Jesus has the gift of righteousness for me and believing. I'm not going to believe anymore that I should be in charge. I control my own life. I am my own Mm -hmm. destiny. Um, Or I could never be um, rescued. I could never know God. No, Mm -hmm. I, I turn from all that. I turn from all my seeking and now I believe by faith in Jesus. So is there anything you want to add to that? That's great. That's great. Okay, so now we've, we've talked about how we receive this new nature. Yeah. Now, in, if you've begun that relationship with Christ and you open up the pages of the New Testament or the New Covenant, we hear then teaching that drives us to lean into this new nature, yeah. to walk in it. And you find this in Ephesians, you find it in Galatians, you find it in Colossians, you find it throughout the New Testament that there's this encouragement, 
especially in the in the opening pages of Ephesians, Paul's praying yeah. and he's praying that their that their eyes, their understanding would be open. He's praying that they would know the riches of the glory of their inheritance. He's praying that they might know the the height and the depth and the the grandeur of the riches of God that are at their disposal. That you have every spiritual blessing given to you in the heavenlies. So we're encouraged to lean into. I know a lot of Christians that get to this point and they say, I just don't feel like I'm worthy of that kind yeah. of stuff. I just don't feel exactly. like I can do that. I just don't feel like I'm really there yet. Maybe one day I'll be there. Yeah. No, let's lean into our new nature because yeah. if you don't, you will do what you believe you are. Yes. And if you believe you're just a sinner, that's pretty much all you're ever going to attain to yep, exactly. is just someone who lives a life of still sinning. Yeah, and I'm just trying to make it by. I'm just yeah. trying to get through life, just trying to, you yep. know. Yeah. Hopefully I just barely make it. Kind yeah, of thing, that you sounds know? like it's all about you if that's yeah. the case. <laughs> Seriously. Yep. So we're encouraged to lean into this to the point that in Galatians 5.16, it would say, walk in this new nature, walk mm-hmm. in the spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Mm. Here is this promise feel given from Paul that if you will lean into the fact that you have one nature and it is a redeemed nature, it is a new nature, yeah. it is a spirit-infused nature, it is Christ's nature, yourself, and that's if you speak to that, yeah. you lean into that, you won't give in to the lust of your flesh because you'll say, that's, so good. that's not who I am. Yeah, That is not my new nature. That's who exactly. I used to be, but that is not who I am now. And the New Testament is pushing us in that direction. Yeah. So don't resist that. Don't deny that. Sure, you don't deserve it, but don't let your saying, I don't deserve it, keep you from accepting it. Yeah, exactly. Sure, you haven't earned it, but don't let the fact that you haven't earned it keep you from accepting it. No, use all that to be in awe of what God has yeah. done and lean into your new nature. Lean yeah. into every element of what you've been given. That is the push of the new covenant. Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of people who are like, oh, well, I believe that. You know, I, I do I do believe I've been given a new nature. It's just it's just hard to do, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, if you truly believe it, that word means by living. Yeah. You know? So if I yes. believe if I'm repenting and believing that yep. I have a new nature and that nature is a new creation and that nature is mm-hmm. one with God, yep. then we will show that by living it out. That's true. Right? That's true. And and the more you speak the truth in your heart, it will begin to shape your thoughts, exactly. your emotions, your yep. behavior, your physical health, yep. your life, your direction, exactly. your relationships. Everything will change. Exactly. So Now... What about that old nature? Where did it go? Yeah. If we received a new nature, and it's when put we, to death. Uh-huh. Yeah, when we are born again and we are made one with the Spirit of God, this is now me. I am at my core now redeemed and righteous and one with the Spirit of God. What about that old nature? Where did it go? So here's what Romans 6, 6, 7 say. Knowing this, that our old man, that old nature, was crucified with him. So the moment you and I received Christ, we entered into Mm -hmm. all that he did and is. And one of the things that he did was that he died for our sin so that our sin could be paid for. And Paul says, when you entered in, that old nature was crucified with him. It 
died that day. The day you received Christ, there was a birth and then there was a death. New man came alive. Old man died. Old nature died. He says, so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. So from that Mm. point forward, you would no longer have to be under the dominion power of your old nature that was just bent towards sin. It couldn't help but sin. That's just all it knew to do. Now you're born with a new nature that is bent toward serving God, loving God, walking in truth, and being righteous. Verse 7, he says, For he who has died has been freed from sin. So where did the old nature go? What happened to it? It died. It was rendered powerless on that day. You no longer have to, nor should, identify yourself by your old nature. Mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah. It's important to recognize in our vocabulary and our thoughts and, and even our actions. I am not my old nature. I, am, I will not say I have a sin nature. Yeah. No, because that's not your nature. Yeah. You have one nature. Don't say yeah. it is sinful, it's selfish. Mm-hmm. Don't say it is rotten to the core. That's who you once were. Don't confess all those things anymore in Christ. Instead, we're to acknowledge that nature died. That nature is powerless. That nature has been removed from my core. This is important. Yeah. Now, I I realize there's going to be times when you're going to have temptation. Me too. Mm -hmm. When all of a sudden uh, an urge comes up or a temptation shows up, and I think, where did that come from? Did it come from my sinful nature? No, because I don't have a sinful nature anymore. It came from a lie from the enemy. It came from old patterns in my life, Mm -hmm. things I just did and I still may be tempted to do. It came from who knows where, but I know one place it did not come from. It did not come from my nature. It did not come from who you are. Yes, my new nature in Christ. That's a huge distinguish right there, like a huge distinguishing factor of of understanding more of who you are and uh, and understanding how to deny that as well. Yes. If you're recognizing this doesn't come from me, this didn't come from God, Mm -hmm. I don't have to obey this. Yes. Again, it goes back to you can't serve two masters. Correct. And who you present yourself to is who you will be a slave to, right? And you will obey. Yes. And so, again, just huge to say, this didn't come from who I am. Yeah. This is not me. Yeah. It came from somewhere. Yeah. But it didn't come from within me. It might have come from my old patterns. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like to think of it like anytime the power goes out in your house and you know in your mind the power's gone out, but you walk into a room and you instinctively reach to turn the light on anyway. That's a pattern. Yeah. It's a long-held pattern. You've done it so many times exactly. that every time you walk into a room, even though you might know the power's out, you still flip that switch. It is that same way. As we come out of our old life, mm-hmm. we often turn to old vices because we have done it for so long mm-hmm. and found in it a pattern, a way. But that's not my nature anymore. It's not my true desire. Yeah. So. With all of this, though, you you know, I'm sure there are people thinking, and the questions arise that say, okay, if that's not our nature, what what is our flesh then, and and how does right. how does our flesh then relate with our self? Because okay, I have 
a new nature. It's not a sin nature. Right. But my flesh is sinful patterns. That is, is it still within me? Yeah, is it great still, question. Does Bible, that still determine what I do? Yeah, the New Testament talks about our flesh. Mm-hmm. And it talks about this, this way of life that has become us and that we still carry around in our physical flesh. Yeah. The old the old remnants or residue patterns of our old flesh nature. Yeah. So it is the the flesh and it does have a pull. It does have a um a a pattern that it wants to lead us in. We have some old ways that we thought, some old things that we believed, some lies that we held on to for a long period of time. And the enemy wants to keep deceiving us to make us think those things are true, to mm-hmm. make us keep walking in those old patterns. But this is where believers get caught and trapped because they believe that those patterns is their nature or that they have these two natures. And so they live, again, frustrated, less than being more than a conqueror. So um, this is where we have to choose and say, all right, I recognize there's a pull. I recognize the temptation. I recognize the the lure. Yeah. But I am no longer going to give my flesh control. I'm not going to give it allegiance because it is not who I am. Yeah. This is something different. Now, the Apostle Paul struggled with this, overcame this, and wrote about it in perhaps one of the most, to me, misunderstood passages in the New Testament. This is the passage where you read and you hear Paul saying, for what I'm doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. And most Christians look at that or hear that and say, amen, got it. That is exactly where I am. And I've been there and I can get there. But that is not where we're called to stay. That was not an admission of or a setting of a standard that says, all right, here's a Christian life. Yeah, You're going to want to do good, but you're not going to be able to. Yeah. You're going to hate to do bad, but you're going to do bad. it. Sorry. Yeah. Jesus is there to help you along the way. Uh-huh. That would be a sad existence. Yeah. I'm not sure that you right could there. call what the, the news is good, good. after that. Exactly. You could say, hey, I got some partially Decent maybe good news, maybe bad news for yeah. you. You know, Sometimes good, sometimes not. No, mm-hmm. that's not what we have been invited to. So we've been deep diving. We're about to deep dive just a little bit more before we come back up for some air here because <laughs> what Paul says next in that passage in Romans 7 is so critical because he's talking about this very thing. Yeah, and about, I will say real quick, if you have your Bible, yeah. it's going to be better to just follow along Yes, because it's going to get, Maybe a little confusing if you're not an auditory learner. I'll yep. say that. <laughs> yep. And and it's, this is a word-for-word word thing that will be mm-hmm. so important. Paul is going to define for us here these two natures and where sin is and where the flesh is. Yeah. And he does it very clearly. But because Paul writes at a, a spiritual academic level higher than me yeah. <laughs> and most of us, yeah. I think, then um, uh, it can get confusing. Yeah. So... Romans 7. Romans 7. We're going to start in 17. Paul's talking about, again, why do I do this thing that I don't want to do? And the thing that I do, I hate that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Here's what he says in verse 17. Now, but now, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Here it is. Paul makes the distinction. 
this thing that I'm doing, this temptation, this sin, he's very honest that sin still happens, but he's also very clear. When it happens, it's not me. It's not my identity. It's not my nature to do that. That's not, it's not I who do it. It's not my nature that does it, but instead it's sin that dwells in me. Those are two very different things. There is my nature and there is what has come into me. Those are separate. We are not sinner by nature that Jesus has come into. We are made Jesus followers by nature that sin comes into. That's different. And again, another really cool thing to distinguish in this is by the differential of it's not I who do it, but it's sin that dwells in me. Yep. It means I don't have to ask for Jesus to uh, save me, wash me all over again mm-hmm. every time I sin. Correct. There's not a matter of, oh, am I going to lose my salvation? Correct. Because I am not sin. Yep. I am new, Yep. but there's still sin that dwells in me. Yes. And he will forgive that, Yep. right? Yep. He will... <clears throat> By the repentance and belief, mm-hmm. that will be removed from mm-hmm. you. Yep. Um, we might say, okay, I live in a house, and uh, let's say you had some rotten meat in your house. You had some meat, and it went bad, and it's it smells terrible, but it's in Gross. your house. You would not say, my house is a rotten meat. I yeah. now live in a rotten meat. Exactly. No, no, there's some rotten meat inside your house. You yeah. just need to get that rotten meat out of yeah. your house. Yeah. Clean, clean it up, and your house will be yeah. clean. It's and still your house. In fact, someone wants to come and clean it for Exactly, you. <laughs> yes. So this is an important distinction. Now, Paul's going to go on and help us with this. He says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, the old patterns, that nothing good dwells. In the old self. In the old, the old patterns. Not even this, he's not saying he has an old nature. Yeah. He says, I know that in me, there are some old patterns that's not my nature. He says, for to will in order to do right is present within me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. Sometimes I want to do good. Yeah. I want to do good, which means that's where my essence, my, yeah. my, my Your nature is, my yeah. bent is toward doing good. I yeah. have one nature. He said, um, but how but, to perform but how it, to yeah. perform, I do not find. Verse 19, for the good that I will to do, you desire I, I, yeah. that I want to do again, proving he has a new nature. I do not do, but the evil I will not to do that I practice. Every one of those says, I want to do good, I don't want to do evil. He yeah. was affirming over and over again, I have a new nature. Yeah, there are times I might not walk in perfect obedience, there are times I don't know how to walk all this faith out, mm-hmm. but that is not because that's who I am. Yeah. Okay. So good. Verse 20, now, if I do what I will not to do, in other words, if I end up doing what I don't want to do, what my nature doesn't want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. There it is one more time. Paul's saying, if I end up doing, committing a sin, and I don't want to commit that sin, I am confirming and affirming one more time. It's not me, my nature, that does it. It's the sin that dwells in me. Paul is not dismissing that he did it. 
Paul's yeah. not blaming anyone else. He is making a nature statement here, an identity yeah. statement. Yeah. I, who I am at the core of my being and existence, I don't want to sin. I want to do right. There'll be times that I sin, but it is not who I am. Verse 21, I find then a law, a principle, a truth, that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. What he's calling himself right there. Yeah. I am who good to do at good. my nature. Yeah. But I find from time to time there's some evil. Verse 22. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. At, yeah. at the most core level, I desire to do what's right. I delight in God. It's so powerful. It could be such a yeah. confusing passage. Paul's so smart and <laughs> um, and spiritual and mature, but he's making this powerful truth. You do not have two natures. You do not have a, a sin nature. It has been crucified and removed. Now, walk in the reality of a new nature that you have. This is where he would later write in Galatians 5.16, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And we read that. This is what he was saying. If you'll walk in this, you will decrease your sin footprint. You mm-hmm. will walk in greater victory. You will lead yourself toward, or he will lead you toward becoming more than a conqueror. Yeah. So now, bottom line on all of this, put this into practice. Here's some things we must know about our nature and how we respond. Number one, don't refer to yourself as having a sin nature. Stop. Stop doing that. You're, you're killing yourself by doing that. Yeah. Stop saying you still have a, a rotten nature at the core, that you're just a sinner still at your core, yeah. that your heart is desperately wicked and who can know it. Yeah. That was an Old Testament passage written about people who were wicked, yeah. written who were, who were written about people before they had a heart that was redeemed. Yeah. Don't refer to yourself as having a, a, a deceitful, wicked heart. Don't give the flesh power, allegiance, or authority. Don't listen to it. Don't give it credence. Don't identify with it. Instead, own your identity as a new person in Christ, righteous, blameless, new, one with God, at peace with God, called blameless. Own that. Lean into that. Because the more you see yourself as a sinful, sinning nature, the more you will listen to and act on that. But the more you see your identity as righteous, the more you'll lean into that and you will behave like that. This is why Paul writes, again, in Romans 6.11, reckon yourselves or count yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you have the full freedom, the encouragement, the push of God, the Spirit of God pushing you to say, no, you are alive to God in Christ. You, You can... You can know that and say that. In fact, this is what will lead you to be more than a conqueror. Exactly, because I was going to say that, you know, there's so many people who, you know, criticize Christians for being hypocrites and all this kind of stuff. And uh, often that happens because, uh, you know, there's there are Christians who are who are addicted to, to different things. Right. And again, those addictions are just like the whole point of this podcast is breaking those addictions and to yep. get out of the bad habits and all yep. that stuff. Right. Whenever you are telling yourself, well, I'm just this. Yep. yep. Well, I'm so bad. 
Yep. You are going to search for something to relieve that shame and guilt from yep. you. Like we have said many times on the podcast, yep. no one can handle no. their weight it's of their much. sin. That's right. You're going to look for some sort of relief yep. or release, right? That's true. And so addictions in the church, in Christianity, occur primarily because of this belief right here. It's true. That, yes, Jesus is here, but my old self is actually what runs me. Yeah. Yep. And like we've said, you have the capacity for one. That's right. And so which is it? What is the one that's controlling your life? And whenever you are able to call it what it is, there's great freedom in that. Exactly. Because if you say, wow, I realize what's ruling my life is that sin nature. Guess what? There's an answer for that. Yep. It's repent and believe you're washed clean. That's right. And for the person that says, no, the nature that's at my core is that new nature. Guess what? You renew your mind with that and you will see addictions fall away. We're seeing it like basically weekly here at Vertical. That's true. It's incredible. Like the amount of people that have said, I'm giving up weed, I'm giving up alcohol, I'm giving up pornography, I'm giving up, I mean, you You name name it, it. all sorts of stuff. Resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness. It's not just substance abuse, but yes, unforgiveness, control, trust issues, anxiety. It's happening because people are saying, that is not who I am. Yes. Who I am is a new creation. Yes. And that is what gives you the power to consider yourself dead to that. Yeah. Dead and, to those sins. And alive to God. Exactly. And, and it, so it is right and good and essential that you speak the truth, that you renew your mind yeah. to these truths. I am alive to yes. God through Christ. I have been made for greater things. I have heaven in me. I am destined and I am protected by God. I am unstoppable until he is finished with me. I have God working in me. I have God working around me. I have God working in all of my circumstances. No weapon formed against me will prosper and nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. If I know those truths, walk in those truths, stop saying I'm just a sinner saved by grace, stop saying I have a nature that's bent towards sin, stop saying I'm desperately wicked, but identify as who you have been made with one nature in Christ, you will decrease your sin footprint. You will begin to walk as more than a conqueror. You better watch out. You might find yourself telling your story up on the stage of order. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yes. It's good. So. Uh, I, I hope it's been helpful for you as it has been for us just to think through these truths and walk in these and live them out and encourage everyone we come in contact with. This is the truth. This yeah. is the good news. This is what Jesus offers us. This is something far more than just church Sunday religion. Yes. This is real life. This yeah. is what Jesus said. You, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. I have come that you may have life and you may have it more abundant. So, uh, Feel free to comment, share, send in questions, whatever it might be. Text us. Come visit us in person in Ovilla at uh, Vertical Church Ovilla. We'd love to see you on a Sunday, 9, 1045. See what God is doing here. Come hear some stories and see how Christ is changing lives. So So good. Good stuff, True. Thanks. All right. We're um, going to wrap it up, and we will keep lifting them up and living them out.